Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. My name's Pastor Amy, and I have the privilege of sharing this morning's message with all of us, and we're so thankful that you're here, especially if this is your first time. Be sure to fill out that Blue Connect card and bring it in the back um, at the end of service for a gift, and so... um, I just am, I'm excited. I love sharing God's word with everyone. And I really, really love sharing God's word with the kids on the other side of that wall every single week. And so this morning, I'm just pretending that you're all big kids. Is that cool? Yeah, okay, (laughs) good, thank you. It helps me out. And um, (laughs) so it really is a joy. And I love teaching the children every week about God. And it's true, if you have not finished the growth track and discovered your gift and how you are created, or maybe you like kids like I do, I promise they're not that scary. Um, I would love to show you what we do every week. And so maybe that's you, maybe you're like, that's me. So after service, just find me and say, I want, I want to know what, what teaching children is all about. And it really is beautiful. And so last month, we taught the kids about the life of Joseph. So I feel really prepared for this morning because we now, as the big kids, are learning about the life of Joseph. And so it was really fun when we concluded we ended by watching a movie. And so I, I thought about it this morning. I said, what if we just watch the movie and then I don't have to talk? But uh, we're not doing that this morning. But I promise, hang with us because we have a fun series later on this year called At the Movies with popcorn and all of that. And it's a, it's a fan favorite at Blaze Church. But we're not going to watch The Life of Joseph this morning, but we are going to dive in to Living the Dream Part Two. And so, last week, Josh kicked us off and he talked about this word contentment and how we can be content with what we have and that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And so this morning, we're going to talk about this word character. So if you would say character with me, I would really appreciate it. The first service, they needed like a lot of prompts from me. So I think that this service, they're just going to get it so much quicker. And I really appreciate that. So everyone say character. Character. Oh my, you guys are my favorite. This is going to be great. I was excited. Like my, my jokes didn't go over in the first service. I was like, what is happening? But no. So this morning we are going to talk about character and when we're living the dream as this series is titled we will be tempted to compromise our godly character and so having godly character it's essential in our lives and I know for me I don't know for you guys and your work and or anything like that in your lives but I get asked sometimes to write character references do you guys know what those are yeah you might need a character reference for college, for a job, to be awarded in some way. And a character reference is a 
is a letter that's usually written by someone that knows you and they really just say like what what you're all about who you are as a person how you handle situations your integrity right and as a society we value having good character probably the person that has a good character reference they'll get the apartment or get the job or get awarded in some way because it's your character that reflects who you desire to become. And ultimately, your reputation, it's an indicator of your character, of who, who you are. Because character matters and your reputation, it's marked by your character. Maybe you've heard this, or maybe you've said this before. What people think of me, it just doesn't matter, right? Have you guys said that before? Like, it just doesn't matter what people think of me. But that's just not true, because God says it does matter what people think about us and how we act and portray ourselves, because God cares about our character. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21, it says, For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. So to sum it up, what's, what's that saying? It's saying, honor God and honor others. You know, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 says, Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. So if our character matters and what people think about us matters, then it should matter to us. We want to have a good reputation. We may desire to have a good reputation, but if you're like me, it's not always easy, especially when times get hard, especially when we're tempted to make choices that might not be the best for others or may not honor God. And so I believe we're all going to be tempted to compromise in this life. And it's important to have godly character. Maybe you're tempted in parenting to lash out on your children because you had a bad day at work. Or maybe at work, you're tempted to cut corners because, well, everyone else does it. That's just what you do. Or maybe in our relationships, we're tempted to gossip and talk negatively about someone when they're not around or just even to their face. I mean, that happens too, right? We're tempted to talk mean to other people right to their face because when we're living the dream, we will be tempted to live out of our own desires instead of living outside of ourselves and trusting in the Lord's plan. And Jesus, he warns his disciples of this in Luke twenty-two forty. 40. He tells them, pray, that you will not give in to temptation. So what we conclude is temptation, it's guaranteed in this life, in this fallen and broken world, we will be faced in to be tempted and we will be tempted to, to fall away from what we hold true. We are to pray not to give in, but also that our character will grow, that we can remain 
faithful to God. So then how, how can we have godly character that stands true when temptation is all around us? Like, should we just throw up our hands and be like, forget, we give up, right? We're not gonna do that. This morning, we're gonna look at the life of Joseph and we're gonna see how he was tempted to compromise his character in some really interesting moments of his life. And so last week we learned to just bring you up to speed that Joseph was hated by his brothers and he was sold into slavery. And so we're gonna pick it up in Genesis chapter 39, verse one. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Verse three, Potiphar noticed this and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. And so these these first three verses of this chapter, we're getting a glimpse of Joe's character. Potiphar, well, who's Potiphar? He's like right under Pharaoh, over all of Pharaoh's army. Potiphar, an Egyptian, he would have not known or had any context of who Joseph's God is, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph's ancestors. He wouldn't have known this God, but he claims God's authority in Joseph's life. And that just really hit me when I read it. It says in verse three, Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with Joseph. How does Potiphar notice God? Because Joseph's character is different than everyone else that Potiphar is surrounded by. That Joseph acted different, he spoke different, he reacted to difficult situations differently. And because of that, Potiphar noticed God. And so for us this morning, who sees God because of the way you choose to carry yourself, the way you choose to live at home when no one's watching, the way you choose to live in your job and work for others, the way you choose to honor those around you, the way you choose to treat your children and respect them, the way you act on the road, the way you act in the store. Who is it that sees God because you're there? And what would they say if they were to write a character reference for you? Would they be noticing God because they know you? Are you living out godly characteristics or do you kind of just blend in with everyone else? In Joe's case, it was Egypt. And let me tell you, Potiphar, he noticed Joe's godly character and he was directed to the Lord because of it. Because Joseph, he didn't look like the other Egyptians at all in the way that he acted. And so in verse four, 
It says, this pleased Potiphar. I mean, Potiphar liked this, that that Joseph's God was with Joe. And soon he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of everything of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs, they ran smoothly. His crops, his livestock, they flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't have to worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat, fish or steak. I don't know. That's all I had to worry about. That would be really interesting, right? This is all Potiphar worried about was what to eat because now Joe is here. And Joe, he goes from being a slave to being almost right in command over everything Potiphar owns. He rises up in a powerful position. Potiphar puts him in charge of it all. And so this seems so great, right? How is this a temptation in his life for Joseph? How is this something bad? He's rising up. He's doing what living the dream is. He's ruling over things in his life. And so Joseph is faced with this temptation of power and how to continue to honor God when he's in a powerful position. And so you just look at any modern movie, right? And what do you see? Some guy trying to rise up in power and rule the world, right? Because we crave power as humans. Have you ever heard the phrase, don't let the power go to your head before? Yeah, sure you have. There's a reason we say this. It's because we are tempted with power. We can so easily believe that life only has meaning if we're successful or we're an influencer with followers, or we're hashtag winning. I don't know, a hashtag is still cool. I don't know. <laughs> hashtag winning in some area of our life. Like if we're in some way making it, if we're in some way doing the thing, then we're successful and we have this power. And so Joe, he rises up in power, but he chooses to display godly character because he knows power himself. God was with him. And Joseph, he continued to resist the temptation of the power he had in his hands, and he made decisions that honored God and honored others. And for you and I today, our godly character is often and daily tempted with power every single day. We're faced with the option to put others down, to have a do whatever it takes attitude to get ahead, to make ourselves look best. We're tempted to use our power over others to get results that we 
want, that we desire. And today, I just feel called to remind all of us that we can resist that temptation to use our power to rule over others, and we can choose to honor others by serving others. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, Jesus called them together, and this is what he said. You know, the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them i mean we've never met anyone like that right of course we have we understand this but this is what jesus says to his followers but among you it will be different whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and i think Jesus's words ring so true today because we see it in our society over and over. And I know as a parent, I want my children to understand that leaders are servants first. It is so much better to serve others than to value what this society values of having power over others or having a do whatever it takes attitude to make it to the top. And so continue to choose honor and resist the temptation to lord your power over whomever it may be in your life and choose to honor them and serve them. And this will show them God. They will notice God because of the way you choose to serve. And so Joseph is just faced with temptation after temptation. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. And some of you are like, oh, where's he, right? (laughs) Thanks for laughing. Yay. (laughs) But Joseph, he's, scripture tells us, this is what Joseph looked like. He was handsome. He was well-built man. And Potiphar's wife, Potiphar's wife began to check him out and look at him lustfully. And this is what she said. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. So Potiphar's wife is using her power over someone else. And she tempts Joseph to compromise his character in a big way. That's a big temptation. And this is what it says in verse 8. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her. My master trusts me with everything in his house. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. So Joseph, he acknowledges that if he had sex with Potiphar's wife, he would be sinning against Potiphar, yes, but he would be sinning against God. And sin, it often tempts us with desires of the flesh. In this situation, it's a sexual temptation. And I don't know, we didn't read here that Joseph didn't want to have sex with Potiphar's wife, that he wasn't interested, All we know is that he says it is a sin against 
God and Joseph, he demonstrates self-control because what he most desired was to honor God first and not his flesh. And so we read now in verse 10, Joseph already told her no, right? Well, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And so temptation is not a one-time thing. It's going to come and come and come, and we will continue to be faced with temptation. And for Joseph, he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. So she came and she grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. And Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand and he ran from the house. And so practically speaking, Joseph, he took necessary steps not to be alone with Potiphar's wife. I mean, Maybe he even decided to get his work done in the day. He would walk an extra two miles out of the way. Maybe he decided that he would make things harder for himself so that the temptation wouldn't be in his face. And so what he does is he completely runs away from that temptation because he was not going to fall into sin. And maybe this morning, some of you are here this morning and you're thinking, well, I can't stop looking at or I can't stop thinking about or going to, but I believe this morning it's time you made that temptation such an inconvenience in your life and that you run from it, from everything that you have, all your energy, you run away from that temptation. And that's what Joseph did. I mean, he probably could have easily given in to that sexual temptation he probably would have gotten away with it because he had so much power and authority, nobody needed to know. But he says, no, I will not give in to this temptation because giving in to temptation is sin. And Romans 6, 12 says, do not, everyone say, do not. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. When we give in to temptation, sexual or not, we're forgetting and we're overlooking the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's Romans 8, 5 that says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And we read in the beginning of this chapter, the Lord was with Joseph. He succeeded in running away from sexual temptation because God was with him. And Joseph's heart was captured by God. God was supreme in his life and he lived to honor the Lord. And I think you and I, we can 
so easily get distracted by thinking living the dream is living this American dream. And I'm sure like I can insert a re- like any country song and it'll really fit the bill, right? I don't like country music, so I don't really know any country songs, but it'll probably be all about heartbreak and relational disasters and a truck or, you know, something like that. And it's because our world, our world continues to compromise character for momentary fleshly pleasure that is outside of God's best plan. God's best plan for sex, it's between a husband and a wife because it's physical, it's emotional, and it's spiritual. Sex is completely belonging to someone else and establishing a deep level of trust. It's a complete life entrustment. And too often, we compromise our godly character and we trick ourselves into thinking we're living the dream because we followed our heart or because we followed our desire. But Joseph, he doesn't do this. He doesn't follow his desires, but he also, he doesn't just suppress them. He looks to God. He looks outside of himself and he looks to God and he's able to demonstrate self-control because of it. Because of his desire for God, it enhances the way he lives. It wasn't willpower. You can't just willpower yourself enough to resist temptation, to not engage with sex with her. He wasn't just like, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. He looked outside of himself and he looked to God. It was actually heart power to honor God above everything else in his life. Joseph's loves were in proper order. Honor God honor others. So let's see what happens. This is when my acting comes out. You ready? (laughs) I'm not really good at acting, but verse 13, when she, that was Potiphar's wife, saw that he had left, left his cloak in her hand and he ran out of the house, she called his household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make a sport of us. He's been here to make fun of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and he ran out of the house. Well, that's just not true. And that's just not what happened. And she lies about Joseph. She tells everyone that he was trying to sleep with her. And that's just not true. He, she lies about Joseph's character. He actually had integrity and self-control. And he demonstrated a godly character in a time and moment of temptation. And so he's lied about. Have you ever been lied about before? I know I have. It hurts. It hurts really deeply when someone lies about your character, especially if you are determined to walk in line with the Spirit. You are determined to live out godly characters. And it hurts when someone lies about you. 
I know when I used to work at the school, you know, like you get a lunch break. So you leave the classroom to go to lunch, to have your lunch. And, but maybe sometimes you're like me and you forget to bring your lunch box to actually go eat your lunch. So what do you have to do? You have to go back in the classroom and get your lunch box. But when you walk back in the classroom, it's like everyone was talking and then they stop. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's never happened to you? I'm so glad that has never happened to you, but that's happened to me before. And it doesn't feel so good because you come to find out that they were talking about you, right? And it doesn't feel so good when people are talking about you and it's just not true. They're tearing your character down. This is never okay. What do we do when someone lies about our character? And this is what Joseph is, is faced with. That you and I face this. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you're tempted to defend yourself. Or maybe you're tempted to just reach despair and just be like, oh, I don't care. Like, I don't like all of you anyway. <laughs> but Joseph, he's punished. And we read in verse 19, when his master heard the story, because it was the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And so Joseph, he doesn't defend himself. He doesn't reach despair. He trusts God and he gets put into prison. And God was with him there. God was with him when he was being tempted with all of those temptations that came his way. And God was with him in the prison. And God is with us too. When we face problems and trials and challenges, God was with him when his character was under question. And this is what Romans 5 verse 3 says to do. We can rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character, it strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And today, if you're facing challenges, don't despair or try to defend. Rejoice. In a little bit, we're gonna sing out again. Rejoice and praise God because our godly character is being strengthened during this time.
You know, character isn't just haphazardly made. You don't just wake up one day and like, I'm going to like do all these things right. And I'm going to live for God in every single area and make all the right choices. You're not. You're going to be faced with moments of temptation to compromise or to choose godly character. And over time, as you choose to surrender to God's way and his best plan, your loves will be in proper order and God will be supreme over everything else, every fleshly desire and every temptation. This godly character, it's developed through problems we face. I know that's like hard for us to hear, right? But it's true. And for Joseph, I mean, he had to be so deeply hurt and wounded. His brothers sold him. He was separated from his father. He was accused of being um, doing something he didn't do doing something against Potiphar, but also against God. And as we endure troubles, our character is strengthened and our confidence grows that we know that we know that God is with us. And so today, maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Well, he's the true and better Joseph. Like Joseph Jesus was separated from his father when he came from heaven to earth. And like Joseph was thrown into a pit and sold as a piece of property, Jesus was spit on and stripped of all his dignity when he hung on the cross. And like Joseph was falsely accused, Jesus was falsely accused and betrayed by his own people. And Joseph, he was tempted and he ran from sin. Jesus was tempted, but never sinned. Jesus was lied about, but never had to defend himself. And Jesus was put to death for all sin to be conquered. Our sin, all the times you and I and all people fall into temptation. It was Jesus's blood and his body that was broken to make a way for us to be forgiven. So it's Jesus who's the true and better Joseph. And we can trust him in moments of temptation because remember in this life, temptation's going to come and your godly character is going to be tempted to compromise. Today, if you're hearing this, and you're saying, gosh, I want to know this true and better Joseph. I want to know Jesus. I want to start a relationship with him. Well, you're in the right place. And Blaze Church, we want to walk with you as you're learning to grow and know who God is. And your part is to confess your sin and your need of saving. And then Jesus, he takes care of everything else. So church, if you would with me, we'll bow our heads and close our eyes and just have a moment of prayer. And maybe you're saying this for the first time or maybe you're saying this for the hundredth time, but there's nothing special about this prayer. It has to do with our hearts. And so just make it your own. Repeat with me, Heavenly Father, today I confess that I have sinned and I am in need of saving. 
I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I can call on his name for saving. Thank you for your forgiveness. Today I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we just celebrate with those that maybe said that for the first time? And if you called on the name of Jesus this morning and confessed your sin, we're not gonna leave you hanging. Before you leave, see one of our dream teamers in the back by the big blue table. And we have a Bible and a next steps book for you. And this is the best next thing you can do to say, well, I don't really know like what it means to live the way Jesus wants me to live. And we wanna guide you and be with you and encourage you in that. And before we conclude, I just want to read that verse in Romans, um, Romans 8, 5. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. And so today, if you and I, we want to have godly, a godly character reference, it's, it starts in our minds, in our thoughts. Today, we can start choosing to live the way the Holy Spirit empowers us to. And if you would stand with me and put your hand on your mind. I know it might feel a little awkward, but you could close your eyes. That's what I like to do too. And I just wanna pray over our minds this morning that our minds would be strengthened and our character would deepen and grow. Father, I thank you for every person here this morning as we surrender our minds to you, Lord. I pray, God, that you do only what your Holy Spirit can do right now, Lord. I come against any lie that is in our minds this morning. We put it at your feet, God. The lies that says, we can't stop or we don't want to or that the temptation's too strong, Lord. Right now, we pray that those chains are broken in Jesus' name, Lord, and that you have all victory in our minds, God. We thank you that we get to live in a way that honors you and represents you by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.